Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 to verse 17. Bugenya chapter 16 verse When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what, but what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Someone Peter answered, you are, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wena umuvawa mudimu ya Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this, is not, this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. I've been asked to talk to the church about Jesus. And for the next three weeks, Mag's mom, that's what I will be talking about. Hallelujah. It's a very tricky thing to preach about Jesus. Especially when you preach to Jesus about when you preach about Jesus to the church. Because the first thing you ask yourself is that they are they are Christian, surely they know Jesus. For you to be Christian. That means you are a follower of Jesus. That means you are already sold to this Jesus. Story. You are already saying, This is what I want to be. This is what I want to be like. I want to be like Jesus. So now, what, at what level do I pitch this teaching? to the church. Because you can preach to the unborn again and tell them about Jesus so that they become born again. One of the difficult things and the unfortunate things we do as preachers is that we become very technical and very theological about Jesus. So when we become academic, I think one of the things it does is that it shows the church how much we know about Jesus. It shows how academic we are. How well-versed we are. And show you truths that we do not we do not know. 
But at the end of it all, we, we find ourselves coming back and saying this Jesus, this church needs to be taught about Jesus. One of, one, one of the things that I was thinking about preparing for this is something that I learned in, in line with my work. Something that says a lot of medical knowledge that doctors have can, is very useful to the world but does not help the world. And the reason that medical knowledge is not translating to a better health is that we talk a lot to ourselves about the knowledge that the people need. And, and we fail to translate that knowledge and make it understandable to the people so that the people who need the, the, the help are aware of it and can actually access it. I was, I was listening to another colleague recently he was speaking on radio and explaining a lot of things about psychiatry and mental health and all those kind of things. As I was listening to him, I realized that a lot of words and concepts that he was talking about, I only knew about them when I was already a doctor. And when I was already studying psychiatry, in other words, many doctors do not even know about those terminologies and concepts. Many graduates have no clue what he is talking about. Let alone the radio listeners who just want the knowledge. And I was like, that's very interesting because I think we do the same thing at church. We come and talk to you about Jesus and Christology and what have you. We give you the big words. We give you the understanding that we have. At the end of the day, when we can really ask each and every one of you, what about you? Who is Jesus to you? I actually look, went back in the Bible and looked in the book of Matthew, earlier, verse, earlier chapters of Matthew. Peter was one of the first two disciples to be called. He was a fisherman. He saw the miracles of Jesus right from the beginning. He walked with Jesus. He listened to their preaching in the mountain, the Beatitudes. He saw a lot of miracles. And for Jesus to turn around one day, when he had, when he had walked with all these people, and say, grand, grand, I 
I know you have seen the miracles. I know you have seen me feed 5,000 with two loaves of bread. You have seen me raising the dead. You have seen me the, 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 the blind see, the le lame walk. Ba, bon. But do you know me? Yeah. You might know the theology about me. You may be able to read the appropriate verses and use the correct terminology. But do you know Jesus? Or have you just read about him? And therefore, what does it take to know Jesus? And who is Jesus? Now, there are two things I want to say about this. And then I'm going to sit down. And then we'll come with the academics and the theology next week. I want you to come back next week, fill up this hall. I will blow your minds away. This week, this week, I don't want you blown away. We still have a church meeting after this. We don't want you confused. Now, Jesus says, Peter gives the, 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 the response. And he says, you, you are the Christ. Now, my, my Bible school learning, the, the little Bible school I attended, says Peter was incorrect here in saying, you are the Christ. He should have said, you are Christ. Now in now not in not in English, but in biblical theology, that is incorrect. Yeah. He should have said you are Christ. He should not have said you are the Christ. Baruti will, will kill you if you say the Holy Spirit. They want you say to say Holy Spirit. Amen. Apparently, there's a huge difference in there. If you are blown away, don't worry. Wait for next week. We'll blow you away. He says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, as Jesus, the person, you are the Christ. And the Christ is the son of the living God. And Jesus replies and says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven, the living God. Has revealed, has revealed this to you. And that living God is my father. And he reveals to you that I am the Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So then when we talk about Jesus and we want to understand him, we need the revelation that comes from the Father. And the revelation is that Jesus is the Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you read Matthew chapter 26, the very same blessed Simon 
uh, Peter. Son of John. Who has it revealed to him by the living God. Goes on and says, Lord Jesus, I have never seen that man. I have never walked with that man. Hallelujah. Amen. But blessed are you, Peter. Son of John. For you know that I am Christ. I am the Christ. That I am the Son of the Living God. And you have heard this revealed to you. Not by man. But by God. The Living God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you wonder if you are really Christian. You wonder if you the worst things that you have done in the name of Christ. And how you fluctuate. One day you are very hot. You are really going. You are really seeing miracles. And the other day you are just pathetic. You are not an ordinary Christian. But you are a doubting Christian. In fact, by your own standards, you are not Christian. But I want to say to you, blessed are you. Because the Christ that you are working with. The Christ that you are following. The very Christ that you are doubting. It has been revealed to you not by man but by the living God. And for that reason you are blessed. There's one other thing that Jesus wants you to know. Are you saying it something that Jesus wants to know or that something that Jesus wants you to know. My, my son is very limited. Or they know. Okay. Not that something that Jesus wants to know. Okay. Do you see my confusion? No, don't worry. Okay, you are with him. Yes. I hope what he's telling you is what I'm telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish you could just speak a language I have no clue about. Then if I think you're mistaken, I won't even know. Hallelujah. Let's read Matthew chapter 23. We're going to do a little Matthew, bit of reading. Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowd. Yes. Matthew chapter 23. Oh, Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. 
they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger on to them to move them. Everything you do is done, everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. In other words, they are pompous. They are pompous. They love the, the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplace and to have men call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have only one master and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. For you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, can I say woo to you, prophets and pastors and apostles? Who you hypocrites, you shut the you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will let nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Who to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you travel over the land and sea to win a single convert. And when, they, when he becomes one, you make him twice as much as a son of hell as you are. Let's skip to verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and coming, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you train out Agnant and Salo Ekemel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean out the, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Verse 29, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build a tomb for the prophets and decorate the graves of the Russians. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of sin of your forefathers. You snake, you snakes, you brood of, vi of vipers. How you escape being condemned to hell. Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth. From the blood of 
the righteous Abel, to the blood of Zachariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. O Jerusalem, verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stone and those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you read Matthew chapter 6, How about Matthew chapter 6? Sorry, chapter 16. Chapter 16. Verse 5 to 12. From verse 5 to 12. Which is just above where Jesus asks the disciples, who do you think I am? He has just told off Pharisees. They were asking him for a sign. They were asking him for a miracle. So that they can prove that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. Isn't it amazing today? Isn't it amazing today that we search for the true prophets by looking for signs from them? We cannot criticize them and say they are false prophets because they, they, they do miracles. They are sick and now I'm no longer sick because of that pastor. He must be the true pastor. I was not working, but now I'm working after he prayed for me. So he must be a man of God. And Jesus told them when they were looking for a miracle, get the If I told you the other word I wanted to use, you're going to fall from grace. Hallelujah. Amen. And, 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 and the, the, this, is, this is the key of what I find in Jesus. Jesus was very humble very gentle, very loving, and very welcoming to those that were outside his followers, to those who were outside religion, to those who were nobodies. And he was basically saying to them, come to me. All you who are weary, all who are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. And whenever he looked at those who were inside, whenever he looked at religious leaders, whenever he looked at the holy ones according to human standards, and he looked at them and he said, you are scoring on goals, Luna. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You are working against my kingdom. You are doing everything to blind people from who I am. And he's basically saying, if I want people to see me, I must get rid of you guys. I must make them to look beyond you. Because as they look 
as long as they look upon religious leaders and try to be like them my work on earth of saving the world will be will never succeed people will never see jesus if they look up to the religious men of this earth people will never know what is the church if they look up to the church as an example of the church so for us to say we must show you who Jesus is for us to say we must lead you to Christ we need to change ourselves we need to change what we do we need to let the church know that you cannot continue to do what we tell you to do and you cannot, and you cannot continue to look up to us and do what we do and hope to be like Christ because our religious ways because our ambition and our lust for being important has made us blind to who Christ is and therefore we are useless in showing you who Christ is The only time Jesus called people brood of vipers. And he called them hypocrites. And he took a shambok and beat them up. It was religious people. It was religious leaders. When he met prostitutes. When he met dubious business people corrupt people the tax collectors who were chowing the money he sat to them he ate in their house he slept in their houses he said I'm sent for these people these are, these are my kind And when he sat with the religious people, he said, there's very few of them, of you guys, and you are the children of hell. I need to go and create a kingdom for myself. Amongst the corrupt politicians, amongst Abozoto Abantu, And all, and all those people that you call of the world those are my kind and those are the people I want to work with I don't want your religious people so I want to say you to you church stop doing church and, and start knowing Jesus John chapter 6 verse 25 I'm going to skip some verses because we need to do church after this. John chapter 6 verse 25. I'm learning. 
I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm trying not to be controversial. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On, on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then Jesus asked, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Hallelujah. Amen. They are still looking for miraculous signs. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Say, they answered, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I shall raise him up at the last day. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the will of Jesus. This is the will of God. Having looked at miracles he has performed, has, having raised the dead, God does not want you to believe you on all those things. God does not want you to be Christian because he can raise physically dead people and make them live again. God does not want you to be Christian because he can make people who are unemployed to be employed. God does not want you to be Christian because he can make people with cancer not to have cancer. He can remove AIDS. 
He can make broken legs to be straight I'm not saying Jesus cannot do those things. Neither am I saying he can do those things. I'm not saying he can do them. I'm not saying he can do them. I'm not saying he cannot do them. I am saying that is not the reason to be or not to be Christian. You can go ahead and not believe in miraculous signs. Jesus will be pleased. You can go ahead and not believe the ark of Noah. God is still okay with you. You can go ahead and not believe in the resurrection. God... Uh, God does not care about those things. You can go ahead and not believe in speaking in tongues. God does not care about those things. Here is what is key. That you believe in Jesus. That Jesus is Christ. That Jesus... I'll correct correct this one. Is Christ. Amen. Amen. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is sent by the living God so that you may have eternal life. The question of Jesus is not about the life on earth. It's not about having AIDS or not having AIDS. It's not about being miraculously healed or not miraculously healed. Or about working or not working. Or about being rich or poor. The the, the issue about Jesus, have you believed in him? Have you believed in the one sent by, by God? Because if you do, you will have eternal life. Let's stand up and pray. And before I pray, I want to invite someone. You've been coming to to church, but you're not in Jesus. You're not born again. Maybe you were born again, but you are not born again. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And this is the basis of the relationship. That you believe in him. That he is the savior. That he is the Christ. Christ. And that he is sent by God to save you. And this is how he is going to save you. He will change your destiny. You will no longer be heading for hell. But from today, you will have eternal life.
You may get a job along the way, you may not. You may get a healing along the way, you may not. You may be stoned to death, you may not. But here is one thing that he promises you. He will give you eternal life. So if you're that person and you say, Jesus, I want that eternal life. I want that relationship with you. Will you please come forward and let's pray with you. Isaiah 59. Your sins make him not to be able to hear or save your prayer. You. But the prayer of the righteous availeth much. We will pray for you. And he will remove your sins. And he will be sensitive to your prayers. If you are not born again, again, and you want Jesus, come forward, let's pray. And you will be born again.